coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougars kick off their season with a victory in Vegas as a royal army of fans descended upon Allegiant Stadium to cheer on the boys in blue. We're looking back on a big win and ahead to the Utah game with Kalani and offensive lineman Clark Barrington. Next. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, hello and good evening once again, BYU football fans. We welcome you back inside Studio A this week at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo for another edition of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, your weekly hour-long look inside the Cougar football program. We have a live studio audience on hand, don't we? Don't we? And uh, free seats available on our sign-up link every Monday. All right, coming up on tonight's broadcast, we will have questions for the coach later in the show. You can send them in before the show every week on Twitter using hashtag Show. Our show rundown will show a recap of Saturday night's win in Las Vegas. Jerem Jordan will go inside the film room with Neil Pau. We'll have a deep blue with fullback Mason Wake. And Clark Barrington will join us in studio. But before we do anything else, let's bring out the man who won his fifth season opener in six tries on Saturday night. He is the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. What's up, guys? Good to see you. You too. Oh, what's going on? So I asked the group before you came on, we'll ask them again right now, how many of the people in our studio audience were with you in Vegas on Saturday night? No, by a round of applause here. Oh, wow. applause. Yes. A lot of people. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, that, that, it was hard not to get uh, emotional about the whole moment when we were out there and, and seeing that the, just the sea of royal blue was amazing and, and the excitement in the locker room, the players are feeling it. And uh, maybe a little bit too much because it's a slow start for us, but... Uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad we got the win. We're 1-0, and looking forward to this weekend and, and, and uh, trying to, you know, keep the fans happy. As much as you grinded through the 2020 season every week, regardless of what the environment was, how much did you really miss the fans in hindsight? Oh, that's a big part of it. I, that, that's the, uh, for, for the players, I mean, I, I think we love playing the game and, and I love competing, but... Um, most of the fun is, is get to interact with the, with the fans and hear the excitement. Um, I remember being, a, I mean, before I was a coach and a player for BYU, I, I was a fan. So I just, I just remember those moments of watching games and, and uh, being a part of that. It's, we're all a family here. And so whenever you have a group that's missing, it's just not the same. And so uh, we're, we're really looking forward to being home and in our stadium and having it uh, packed just like the, it was in Vegas. Yeah, we saw those pictures there, we, and we knew there would be a lot of fans in Vegas, but it really, really felt kind of like a home game. Uh, incredible environment and incredible venue, too. What a great building that was to be in. Yeah, I mean, state-of-the-art building, and, and um, you know, the, the Raiders play there, and that's my dad's NFL team, but that's uh, that, um, just to have, for us, it was just, it, was like, it felt like a home game, and to and, uh, have that, uh, that advantage was huge for our players, and um, you could just feel it. When we got, we knew we were going to have a bunch of fans there. We just didn't know it was going to be that many, and to have them even sitting on the Arizona side it was pretty fun. And 
Uh, whenever you have players that are confused of where to sing the fight song, that's a good sign <laughs> a good for sign. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like sing it to the whole stadium and we'll be okay. <laughs> I know uh, it can't be confirmed by anybody here at BYU, but the morning of the game, there was a report that the Cougs would be back to play Notre Dame there next year. Whether it's that game or other games to come, it's nice to think that BYU could kind of go back and have that be maybe a regular occurrence down there. Yeah, I mean, we, we love having our fans everywhere, whether it's at home or on the road or in a neutral site. Uh, just really, really grateful that, that Cougar Nation is strong, and uh, there's a lot of people that recognize that, and, you know, you know not just in the country, but it's a worldwide brand and yeah. uh, just an honor for us to be part of it. Let's take a look at how that game went down a Saturday night in Las Vegas. BYU and Arizona, third time that Kalani met up with the Wildcats in the season opener. Third time that BYU got the win. It was a big play early, a fourth down to kind of keep a drive moving. They got you your first touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it was in one of those moments where we felt like it was a good decision to go ahead and do that. And, uh, you know, got this trick play going up and, I mean, Neil can do a lot of things, include throw the ball. He was a quarterback in high school, so he, he's got a lot of athleticism and, and can throw the ball with his hands. He made a play to the other side of the field in the bowl game to Zach Wilson, and here we get Tyler Algier scoring his first touchdown of the season, and that got you on the board. Yeah, I just love what, what our offense did here, and A-Rod got the offense in a, in a speed tempo type of deal and caught him off guard a little bit. This is going to be a big night for Neil. Longest touchdown, longest catch of his career, one of his two touchdowns on the night and start of a big night for Mr. Pauw. Yeah, very big target, smooth. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the things that our receivers do in the room, it's uh, underrated when it comes to the things that the little things they do, run the right routes, block downfield. And so those things matter. All the little things matter. And that's why Neil's uh, going to be a great player for us this year. 14-3 lead at halftime. First drive of the third quarter. And Jaron Hall takes off and scampers for 39, coach. Yeah, I got a little tired there at the end, but uh, I think that was the right decision. You know, <laughs> it's okay. And, and um, you know, we love to see him create with his legs. We, we've said that the athleticism is something that he has, and um, he can pull it out whenever he needs to. Great effort by Neil to get in. They reviewed it, said he broke the plane with the ball with the foot in bounds, and so BYU takes a 21-3 lead. You're kind of cruising at 21-3, Kalani, till this happens. Yeah, I mean, dang it. We, we uh, thought we'd make it hard on the punter by declining the penalty and then uh, they did a good job putting it on the one yard line. Defense made a play and got a safety. Uh, got us to, to kick off from the 20 and then they had a great return. Um, and then we you know, we got in trouble here with our with our um, lanes and, and leveraging the, the defense. Um, give Arizona credit, they made some plays and they got that play and the two point conversion and it was a one score game. BYU never lost the lead in this game. Arizona pressured, Arizona came close. But a missed field goal right here kept it an eight-point game. You really needed these three points, and it wasn't Jake Goldroyd, but Justin Smith that got them for you. Yeah, Jake wasn't able to, to kick in the game, and, and um, we tried pregame. It just wasn't working for us and, and for him, and I'm glad that we brought Justin on the trip with us. <laughs> Turnover-free game until this one play. This was the one giveaway in the game. Hayden Livingston with his first pick as a coup. Yeah, Hayden's done a great job for us, uh, that free safety spot. And, you know, he came in, he and, and Malik worked that free safety spot really well and, and owned that post, and he got a pick from there. Arizona needed two scores late. They decided to take the field goal for one of them, so they need an onside kick recovery. And Samson Nakua, who didn't play a snap on offense, but played one of the biggest plays of the game to seal the deal. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we, there's a lot going into that game that was brand new, so we had no idea how they were going to even kick the onside kick, so we took a timeout just to kind of remind them of, of the look that we're going to see and the possible kick that's coming and put Samson in the right spot to be one of our guys to secure a win.
And here are your final stats. BYU doesn't need the yardage advantage to end up with the points advantage. BYU wins it by a score of 24 to 16. But that one turnover number ended up being pretty big. When you're plus in the margin, you're going to win most of your games. And that was the one you got and end up with an eight-point win. Yeah, still a lot of room for improvement. I mean, it wasn't uh, our best game, but I, I, I liked the guy's effort and the, the fight in it. Um, you know, and, and obviously we didn't win the stats except for the one that mattered the most, which was the score, so we'll take it. Absolutely. I was with Coach Roderick on the uh, coordinator's corner yesterday. He said it's kind of nice when you can, you know, beat a P5 team in an opener, uh, kind of control the game, and still feel not quite satisfied, like there's a lot left to improve upon. Yeah, and I, I think that goes for everyone, fan base and, and, and uh, the players and the coaches. And there's a lot of room for improvement. We know that, and, and uh, we... we address a lot of the mistakes that were made in all three phases. And uh, I think going into the game, I, I'll just back up, back our, our staff up by saying that um, we really saw some new things yeah. from Arizona that we weren't expecting. And um, we had to just spend some time adapting and adjusting. And, um, you know, credit to Arizona, they, they did some, some really cool things on their game plan and their schemes that, that we haven't seen before and, and um, didn't predict. but. I, I, I like how our guys respond and our, how our players respond to the, the new things that we saw. And it wasn't out of the ordinary, but it was just unique and different that we've seen from, especially from Don Brown, Dr. Blitz from the past. Yeah, and it was, it was obvious to us and probably you and certainly those who cover Arizona football that this wasn't the same team that ended last year. Uh, it's a really different feel, different vibe, and they played really hard, played pretty well. And as I've talked with other coaches, we'd be all surprised if they didn't win some games and break that losing streak at some point and play some pretty good football this year. Yeah, I mean, tons of experience on that coaching staff. I, I said that this last week and, and on the show, um, you can just go down the list of their coaches and then they've been a lot of different places and, and all over the NFL, uh, both as, as in playing experience and coaching experience. So they, they've got, they can, they have a lot of different things they can pull from. Um, and, and, and they did, they, they're well coached, the, the players are well coached. And, um, you know, they had some transfers come in and, and fill some spots. And you could tell that they're, they were desperate for a win. They, they, they coming off of a long losing streak. And uh, there, there's a, a huge uh, sense of urgency on their, their players' part to try to get a win. And uh, I'm glad our guys were able to, to, to answer back and give, give the same type of effort. All right, your quarterback, uh, Jaron Hall, was making his first start in two years. He got two starts back in 2019, but he was injured in both games. So Saturday's game was the first one he both started and finished, and he talked about that after the game. It's fun, man. It was a lot funner than I remember, honestly. Just grateful to be back out there and to be healthy to finish the game. That's a, that, that's a stat we should talk about, man. I'm healthy, so shoot. That's good. <laughs> He really showed us in 2019 what he could do, and he showed it again Saturday night. So good that he got through it clean, and he was happy too, obviously. Yeah, and, and, and he's a guy that knows he can play better and, and make some, uh, make some big-time plays. I'm looking forward to seeing him play in the second game because I, I, I love the way he controlled the offense and managed the, the, the difficult looks that we got. And he put us in some really good opportunities, op, op, um, some spots to score and make points. And you saw his athleticism, how he was create, be able to create some space. He's athletic enough to both keep teams honest and then when it's time to make a play, take off like he did and outrun a guy down the boundary. That's right. And, 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 and you can see he's got great awareness and he's got this great level of appreciation and gratitude that when you ask him after the game what he, what he was thankful for is that he made it through and healthy. And, that, um, and he's, a, he's always smiling and always excited. And so it's a, it's a good, positive uh, leader for our team. 
And it's pretty amazing. Back when I began this gig uh, 30 years ago, uh, working on the sidelines back in the day with PJ, uh, Kalen Hall was a player I was covering. Kalen's Jaron's dad. Mm -hmm. And here we are covering the, the kids, or the people that uh, you used to play with and I used to cover as a, as a young broadcaster. Yeah, we're, we're getting old. That's <laughs> so true. That's just, that just reminds us. So. <laughs> Gunnar Romney uh, left the game early. We may talk about Gunnar in a bit with Kalani. That meant uh, maybe some more targets for Neil Pau. And as I mentioned, he made the most of them. Eight grabs, 126 yards, two touchdowns. And Neil talked about uh, stepping up with Gunnar gone. Yeah, I just knew that, I guess, with Gunner down and the coup was going to go, I knew a lot was going to be on my shoulders. And I knew that I'm going to have to make some plays. So I'm glad that I was given the opportunity, made some plays. But got to give props to Chris and Keanu for just coming in, doing exactly what they needed to do. Team victory for sure. Talk about Chris Jackson, Keanu Hill will hit those mm -hmm. guys as well. Neil's been around a long enough time. It kind of feels like almost like it's his time. And this was a great chance to kind of grab hold and, and, and uh, play an important role for you. Yeah, it just happened that the, the ball went to him quite often in this game. And, and um, you know, every week it may be different. But, but what he, when he mentions um, the other receivers, it's because everybody did their part running the right routes and, and opening some space for him to get be the guy that, that was the, the, you know, the beneficiary of all, the, all the, the right route running. And, you know, we saw a lot of it from Dax, but without, without Gunner and... Um, and Neil last year, Dax wouldn't have been wouldn't have been as effective. And so, uh, Neil knows that these guys do their jobs. And the tight ends, I think a lot of people, tight ends had a quiet night. And um, hopefully, we can we can uh, you know get everybody more more people involved in, in the game this Saturday. How about the play of Keanu Hill and Chris Jackson, who were the wide receivers uh, three and four that became kind of two and three for you that night? Yeah, I mean, we we, we talked about our depth as a team, and, and it was nice going into this game. Um, you know, obviously we don't want people to get hurt, but it was good to have guys that can fill in. And we feel, you know, there's a point where you, you, you don't want to keep testing the depth, but mm -hmm. uh, we feel good about the guys that are, that are um, able to step up if, if, that does, if injury does happen in different positions, especially in the wide receiver room. Right. Well, time now to get the uh, players' perspective on the plays they make as Jerem Jordan sits down to watch some video and talk football with the Cougs. And this week, he goes inside the film room with, film room with the aforementioned Neil Pau. All right, Neil, thanks for joining me in the film room. Uh, what was it like to play in this game, man? Allegiant Stadium, Vegas, the Royal Blue, the season opener? Yeah, it was dope. It was crazy to see the amount of blue that was there. You know, you heard about it over Twitter and stuff, how many people would be there. Um, but it was just a cool environment. I forgot how uh, games were ran with fans and stuff, how momentum can change and the crowd can play a big part in it. Um, so I want to just thank uh, all, the Cougar, well, all of Cougar Nation for coming out uh, to Vegas and uh, showing out. Then you have your best game in yeah. college, man. Eight yeah. catches, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, when Gunner went down, I knew the offense would kind of just uh, shift towards me, and opportunity was given, and I was glad that I was able to deliver. Okay, let's break down some plays. Uh, yeah. Second quarter, you get a 22-yard gain here. Yeah, so the first play here, we expected a lot of man and cover four, and I think this was the first play that I had seen that they went zone. So when they went zone, we had a little concept here between me and Keanu Hill, and then when I ran it, I kind of knew that it was going to be open. I just had to run it off of this safety right here 
and Jaron was able to see it, so we both saw the same thing and connected on that play. Okay, then you actually have a pass in this game, a completion uh, to Jaron Hall. Uh, that pass play was, was cool. Right when I caught the ball, Tyler gave a nice pitch. I was just able just to read this guy right here. It was just, it was pretty much an easy pass. I, I saw the defense and saw what it gave me, so. How much quarterback have you played? My first two years in high school, a little bit my junior year, but transitioned to receiver, and that's been pretty much it. There's a lot of flowing pieces there. It all worked though, right? Yeah. Like you said, exactly. Tyler's got to give you a good ball, just kind of lob it, right? Yeah, like exactly. Freeland with a nice block on the edge. And then Jaron with some wiggle. Exactly. I didn't know Jaron had that wiggle in him. But yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he you did. He's definitely an athlete and definitely can do a lot with the ball. Okay, then the 67-yard touchdown. This is an incredible moment in this game to really push the action forward and get the offense going. Yeah, so they had talked about when they go, man, they have this uh, nickel or whatever they call it in Arizona, uh, slightly outside shade, and they just kind of sit there. So I knew it was man, and they like to play this safety on this hash. So it was a perfect play call. I knew that I was gonna have to give him a little wiggle because he didn't move too far. Stand outside, tried to give him a little look, and then when I broke open, I knew the safety was far away, and Jaron just threw a perfect ball. He hung in the pocket, stepped in, found you, and then uh, you ran away from him. At the 20, are you thinking you're scoring here? I was looking at him to see what uh, he was gonna do. Uh, I was gonna just stiff arm him right here uh, if he decided to die, but luckily he didn't. He just, he was starting to gain a little ground, so I thought I'd you know, run a little faster and <laughs> got into the end zone, so. I thought I'd run a little faster. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then your second touchdown. Walk me through this. Yeah, so this was a little motion that we had. I knew it was man again. You can kind of see this safety right here bumped down and they were gonna to transition to this safety taking me. When that kind of happened, as I came out, I didn't know how far this guy was on me. I thought he would have been right there, right when I turned. Luckily, when I caught it, I saw that I had, you know, some space. So it was a race to the corner, gave him a little stiff arm right there, and got into the end zone. You used the stiff arm you were going to use on the uh, six, seven yard right there, exactly. right? To get in, exactly. yeah. Exactly, Did you think you were in? Because the angles they had made it look like you might have stepped out, but they looked at it and said you were in. Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. I thought I was out, but I'm glad I was able to get it and get my second touchdown of the day. No, it was funny with Kalani reimpersonating too. He he stuck his white shoe right up to the line. Yeah. And he's like, nope, he, he was in. <laughs> it's like, how could you see? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the Nakuas couldn't go. Yeah. Gunner ends up getting hurt. There's some capable guys in the room, but in that moment, did you feel like, okay, I need to, I need to step up a little bit here? You know, as a receiver group, it's just dope just to see the amount of talent that we have in the room. That even without the Nakua brothers or without Gunner and wishing speedy recoveries for them, that we can still handle our own and we can do what we can do. Okay, general thoughts on the University of Utah Saturday? Yeah, just to see Cougar fans, uh, Cougar Nation show off for that game will be dope. And, um, you know, as long as we just take care of what we need to take care of, I think uh, we'll come out victorious. Okay, congrats on the great game against Arizona. Looking forward to Saturday. No, thank you. Neil Pau, one of four guys in the FBS this past weekend with at least eight grabs, a buck 25 or more, and two touchdowns. Big night for Neil. Hopefully one of many for him this year. Yeah, big talent. And he's got, he can do a lot of things um, and physical. I mean, he's a big body. So uh, I think he's a mismatch for a lot, of, a lot of DBs out there. Let's hit the injury situation generally and briefly. And the good news about Gunner uh, is we saw Gunner go down there in the video. Um, you said Monday, let's reiterate for folks that maybe missed it, uh, it shouldn't be a season-ending thing, you should get him back. Yeah, and that's just a matter of, of when, but uh, obviously the, the injury is not, doesn't require surgery, so we just needs to heal up and, and 
Um, we'll see how, how it goes in the next little, next little bit. I, doubtful for this Saturday, though. Was he the one major concern that got hurt in the game beyond yeah. Keenan? We'll talk about yeah. Keenan separately. I yeah. in a second here. I, I think I think we saw a couple guys go down. Lopa went down a little bit and um, and came back and played. I mean, there's some guys that, that, that are aren't 100% right now, but uh, they'll take care of their bodies and they'll practice and they'll be fine by Saturday. Before we get to Keenan, we didn't see Jake Oldroyd on Saturday. Is that a kind of a week-to-week -week thing with Jake? Yeah, and it's a game-time decision. So we'll see how how he warms up and how he feels. Uh, you know, Saturday night, and then we'll, we'll he, he he knows um, when he can help the team and when when he would be a liability. So we're, we're gonna trust him. And the Nakua brothers are coming along. Yeah, same thing. I, I think the Nakua brothers, we were um, anticipating them pl probably playing, but um, I think we had to make a decision on what was best for their uh, the longevity of their career. You know, and uh, I think the, it was a wise decision for us to keep them healthy and, and make sure that um, both are very talented and so we, I'll never as a head coach and as with our staff we'll never um, sacrifice someone's uh, health just for a win and so I, I know I'm supposed to win as a head coach but uh, we care about these young men and so we're gonna save them even from themselves sometimes and I've been that I've been that young guy wanting to play and saying I can do it um, but I think with what we do as a coaching staff and communicating with the Sports medicine department, I think we made the, the wise decision. Okay, the Keenan Ellis situation. The game's five minutes old, and this raucous, wild environment goes silent and somber for a good long while as Keenan's tended to on the, side, on the field before being taken off the field. Flashing forward, it's about as positive an outcome as we could hope for at this point, I guess. Why don't you tell us what you do know and what fans can know about Keenan today? Yeah, I mean, they, they kept him over and run, run some tests overnight, and he spent a couple nights in Vegas. He's back home now. He got back here yesterday, and so uh, he's back, and, and he's basically going through a concussion protocol now. It was a scary injury because um, he, was, he was knocked out on the field and uh, hard for, for them to communicate and know what's going on, and so uh, I'm grateful that our trainers and our doctors were able to take care of him, and when they took him to the hospital, just, just try to... Um, they ran all the tests just to make sure that, that um, everything was fine with his, with his spine and with his brain. And so we'll, we'll still keep monitoring him and, and make sure that he's uh, okay to, to, you know, to get back on the field. But right now we're more concerned with him uh, just, having, just having a normal life right now and being able to go to school and things like that. And uh, football will have to wait for him for now. When you're walking up to the circle of personnel around him at that mm -hmm. time and you're, you're trying to get a sense... What impression were you left with as you observed everything you were you were seeing there at that time? Well, it was just hard because we we don't know what's going on, and then you you're just afraid of the worst uh, worst case scenario, which is you know we've seen it in, in football. And uh, I was thankful that the players were able to, to huddle and, and 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 give a word of prayer. Um, it's nice that we can do that, and that the boys feel comfortable doing that in that moment. And I think it gave our guys a, a lot of comfort, um, and then. Uh, you know, as, as he started to come to and, and we could see things were getting better, um, it, it just felt, it felt good to be able to do that and, and just have that moment, even in the middle of a competition. And, uh, you know, I think it helped comfort um, a lot of the guys on the Arizona side too. But after that, there was a long delay and then we had to get it started again. That, that was a little difficult for both teams, um, but I'm really grateful that we were able to do that and just thankful that he's, that he's healthy uh, as much as, I mean, that, the, that it's not a worst case right. scenario, that it's actually pretty good. And the thing that saved him the most is that 
he did have good technique in his tackling and his approach. Um, it was just a really physical play, and uh, he had his face up, and that's that's the right thing to do for our guys and make sure that they're safe when they're in the contact sport. Well, the news is as good as we could hope it to be, and Cougar Nation wishes Keenan the very best. Well, for your day-to-day -day Cougar sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays, noon Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we'll look ahead to Saturday's rivalry renewed with Utah. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics, and by Smith's, fresh for everyone. I like the lead blocker's technique there on that last play. That's pretty good. There's a, there's a lot of beef pulling on that one. I think a... Uh, I mean, I, I, as T.O., myself, and, and, I mean, Luke, there's a lot of bodies out there blocking for Doman on that play. That was, that was a fun game. Yeah, a couple of great BYU-Utah memories. We are back on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Uh, here's your game day broadcast schedule coming up for this Saturday. Yes, indeed, Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is BYU in Utah, 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Eastern on both BYU TV and BYU Radio for your pregame coverage at a quarter past 10 Eastern, 8.15 here locally. The game itself on ESPN and then post-game coverage on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. So we're meeting after a year break, BYU and Utah are. They were scheduled to play in Salt Lake City, so it'll be actually back-to-back -back rivalry games in Provo. BYU's out to snap that nine-game losing streak against the Utes. Both teams coming in 1-0. BYU gets its win over Arizona, of course, two nights after uh, Utah took care of Weber State at Rice-Eccles. Kalani, you've coached or played in most of the rivalry games over the last three decades almost on both sides. How is this game seen by each side? I, I think the fans care a lot about it, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, it's, a, it's one of the great rivalries out in college football. And, um, you know, the, right now we're coming off of a, of a I know the fans are, are desperate for a win and we're, we're feeling really good about this weekend. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I know our guys are excited to play this game and really looking forward to it. We missed it last year and so uh, really looking forward to getting this game going. As with most teams after COVID, the youths return a lot of last year's team back intact. They added two new important pieces, though. Uh, the quarterback, Charlie Brewer, uh, the running back, Tavian Thomas, both played well in the opener against Weaver, for sure. Yeah, transfers that came in and, and, and um, created more depth for them. And, I mean, Brewer's got tons of experience. And so, uh, you know, I think uh, they're a well-coached team with a lot of talent. Uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a good matchup for us. But... I think we, we have some good things going on our side as well, and we'll see how much we, we can improve from our Arizona performance to this Saturday. Having been a coordinator up there, having known Kyle as long as you have, uh, when you watch Utah video as you do, how much of it is like it could be this year, it could be five years ago, it could be ten years ago, you're seeing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, and that's the, the, the consistency that you see from having a coach that's been there for that long. I mean, I was on staff with his first year as head coach, and so... Uh, the stability that they're able to have that identity be there for a long time and so it's just different names but very similar body types and talent and skill so that's uh, we know what we're getting from them and they're going to be well coached they're going to be physical and we have to match all of that what did you get out of the opener they had with weaver yeah i mean weaver does a lot of the similar things because uh you know jay hills uh, is uh from the, the whittingham coaching tree as well and 
And uh, I thought I thought Weaver did some really good good things. They they weren't able to capitalize on some scoring opportunities in the red zone. And um, you know, there's a lot of good film on there for us to watch. And and uh, you know, we'll, we we feel good about our about our matchup. I I think uh, everybody knows what we're going to get out of this game. And and we just need to make sure that we do our part and that we. Uh, perform a lot better than we did last Saturday. You appreciate good defensive football, good defensive players, and Devin Lloyd's as good as they come, isn't he? Yeah, and, and he's got great instincts. Um, he's physical, he's long, and a great leader for them. And, uh, you know, he compliments what, what, what they do up front with their D-line and what they do in the, in the back end of the, with the coverage. So uh, they're able to blitz whenever they want, and, and um, they can be uh, physical, and they can, they can also do some great coverages in their zone. So... We'll see what happens. I, I think uh, A-Rod has, has, is familiar with them, and I am, so we'll be a lot of fun. Man. Yeah. <laughs> A-Rod, another one of those coaches that's seen it from both sides. All right, uh, break time. Mondays at 1 Eastern, we talk with the BYU football coordinators on Coordinators Corner with A-Rod, Aaron Roderick, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It is also on demand on the BYU TV app. After this break, we'll preview the weekend ahead for our Cougars in the pros. And the coach takes your questions from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Zatake. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Time for our first edition, regular season edition of Cougars and the Pros. And as the NFL season kicks off, there are 14 former BYU players on 53-man rosters. Here are the newest former Cougars to make it to the next level via the draft. So we see Zach and Brady, Kyrus, Chris, and Dax. We should note that Tyson Williams has gone from practice squad to 53 with Baltimore. So he's another one on a 53 and so between those five and Tyson and the guys who were already there on active rosters, Kalani, 14 players in the NFL right now off, BYU, uh, off of BYU's program, and they occupy every part on the field except for tight end right now. And they've got two practice squad tight ends with Bronson and, uh, and Matt Bushman. So mm -hmm. every part of the field, BYU's producing next-level talent. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, we got more guys. So I, I, <laughs> I want the NFL scouts to keep coming. Uh, it's my goal to put as many of our guys in the NFL because I think the NFL would do good to have BYU Cougars there. So with so many guys around different teams, you, you can pull for a whole bunch of teams on, on the weekend, right? I mean, it hasn't, doesn't have to be just one team. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not trying to encourage Sunday watching TV, but I mean... But we all follow our guys, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I mean, there's, there's, that's, that's, it's kind of like you're doing some church service because you're supporting, you're supporting your brethren. You're supporting them at work, yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of teams to look for and yeah. and, and, and appreciate right now. Yeah. You, you were telling the crowd during the break that when you were a kid, you were a Niners guy because that's where most of the BYU guys were, right? That's right. Yeah, and and just always cheered for, you know, who, whoever, uh, wherever the Cougars were playing. I think that's why I cheered for Boston Celtics because they had Danny Ainge on there. I mean, that's just how we do it. And if there's a, a BYU Cougar on the track and field, Frankie Fredericks, mm -hmm. I'd watch him, want him to win a gold medal, you know, and uh, if there's someone on bobsled or something, we're just that's what we do as BYU fans. We support anyone that that is out there representing, and we're going to try to uh, give them as much support as we can, whether it's watching them or supporting them at the venue. All right, social media time now. Uh, first question for Kalani tonight. Uh, Adam asks, uh, "What's your favorite memory, rivalry memory, as a fan, as a player, and as a coach?" Oh man. Okay. Uh, as a fan. Probably one of the times that Ty Detmer was playing or when Steve Young or Robbie 
that's when I was really a young kid. Um, because I, I love watching Lakehi Muli run the ball too. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of got me interested in wanting to be a running back. And then as a player, Lavelle's last game, um, that, that, was, that was memorable for me. I was a captain and that was my last game you know, as a college player and, and as a coach this Saturday. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That was really well handled. Uh, all right. Uh, this from, uh, from Elko Cougar, I think, here. Uh, it's a question, I think, about the rivalry. And um, how do you balance being aggressive while avoiding turnovers? Because uh, turnovers have been such a big part of this rivalry over the years. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, uh, the, the tough part. And, and um, I think you look at... I mean, I've, I've been I've been DC at, at Utah for a number of years, and so you, you you bank off of trying to create havoc for the quarterback to make mistakes, and then so we've got to find a way to get our quarterback to make good decisions, but we also have to protect him, and then we we have to put him in a position where we where the mistakes are limited, but you also you want to score points, and so um, you know you want him to be aggressive, but I, I would probably go a little bit deeper into the equation, and that means that our defense needs to needs to match the intensity and, and create some turnovers on our end as well. I think sometimes the whole focus is on the offense making mistakes. I think defense, we need to uh, create some, some havoc and, and try to find ways to help relieve our offense from, from you know, making mistakes by, by creating turnovers and short fields for ourselves. Excellent. And final question we can squeeze in from ZTrain21 on Twitter. Uh, favorite away stadium that you've, uh, that you've been to? And this person notes the fact that uh, at Allegiant, they actually had a great mural that had the face of Todd Christensen, former Cougar. Did you happen to see a picture of that or see it yourself? Yeah, personally? I saw a picture of it. Yeah. And, and, and that was so cool. I mean, that probably the best fullback that ever played here at BYU. You know, uh, I mean, I know, I know he's a fullback tight end combo, but... Uh, yeah, that was really cool that they were able to honor him that way. And I, I, venues you've been to, what do you think? I think Allegiant is, is up there. I mean, it, that 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 was that was a lot of fun, and probably because I'm biased because it was it was all Cougar fans in there. <laughs> so, kind of felt like a home away from home there. Yeah, it, it felt really comfortable there, and, and um, everything they do in that venue is is, is just first class. All right, thanks, folks, for the questions. We'll head to break now, and we'll tell you to watch Countdown to Kickoff as Dave, Blaine, David, and Spencer get you ready for BYU and Utah. That'll be at 8 Eastern this Saturday night, ahead of the Cougars and the Utes, and you can watch it on BYU TV and the BYU TV app, Countdown to Kickoff. Coming up next, the players take center stage as we go deep blue on the hefty hurdler, Mason Wake. And offensive lineman Clark Barrington joins us in studio. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics, and by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. Welcome back to BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Well, Mason Wake, as seen, has become a household name in Cougar Nation, earning reps with a style of play that is as rambunctious as it is infectious. But as we learn in tonight's edition of Deep Blue, there's more to Mason than big hits and high hurdles. Here now, Deep Blue, brought to you by Brady Industries. Simply better. It has been a very interesting life. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's been a lot of really hard things, like our parents got divorced, and then my mom got cancer. She had cancer for three years. 
and then she passed away. I mean, he lost his mom. It's so sad, and I think we really just had to cling to each other, like, as a family and as siblings, like, just kind of picking each other up when we were having hard days and things like that. Having to just grow up from such a young age, like doing my laundry, cooking my food at night, and like trying to get a job just to help out my dad as much as I can. But like that just made me who I am today. And like it just made me grow up as a man at such, such a young age. I know it was hard on him and it still is, you know, to this day. But uh, he loves his mom and would. He would do. anything just have, have another day with her my mom was the best she was so fun and she just loved all of us she wanted to take every moment with us and a lot of that looking back on pictures and memories and stuff was with mason because he was a baby it was a really special relationship sometimes it's hard for me to remember some things but I mean, since I was the baby of the family, like, I, I remember some things and just, like, me and her were super close, but I feel like even now that we're even closer. I think she's behind every decision that he makes because he, he wants to make her proud, and I think he puts everything out there, and not even just football, but everything he does because he wants to be his best self and just really live life, and I'm, I'm sure it's because of her. And like I just had so many people ask me questions like how I am so I just kind of like kept it inside like I just wanted to keep it between me and her but I still wanted to show that I love her and high school was kind of subtle with like little things like after I'd score a touchdown I'd just point up to the sky well it could be dangerous that's Algier in motion into the backfield Wilson told me, he said, Coach, I want to do this and, and honor my mom. I said, perfect, go do it. Get in the end zone and, and let's see it when you when you pull that shirt down and you, you know, honor your mom that way. I think that'd be something really cool. I just wanted to get the word out there and just show how much she means to me and that I love her each and every day and like I try to make her proud. And it was uh, kind of an emotional moment for him and for the Titans in the room because we know how much his mom means to him. To see him on the field, I feel super proud because I know he's worked so hard. That first time that I saw him run out on the field at the Tennessee game, I, I, I literally lost it. I started, you know, start crying and I was just so proud of him. Sometimes like when I do things like he's even like more proud, like he's more excited. I'm like, how are you more excited than me? Like I just scored my first touchdown and he's like crying and like calling me after the games. Like I knew this was this would happen. From like those little peewee days, like when he's just teeny tiny and it, you can't even believe that they can carry the pads themselves because he's so small. And then now he's playing for BYU, which is just a dream come true for him just to play at the college level. And it's, it's really cool and it makes me feel really proud and really emotional that he's come so far because he's worked really, really hard for it. 
my dad just challenged me to run hills every day, to lift every single day, like to put lifting over hanging out with friends or doing other things. Growing up, we didn't have a lot of money and I just felt like I had to do it. I took that seriously and that's why I felt like I did all I could and I still wasn't on scholarship, but I took it to heart. I need this for me. I need to be on scholarship just to like help out with my family. That was just my driving force to earn that scholarship. When a scholarship opened up, it was easy to see that he's a guy that deserved it. One day, I just remember him saying that like, I'm on scholarship, and like I just like went and sat in my car, and I just felt like this weight lifted off my shoulders to not have to worry about all that other stuff. He earned a he earned a scholarship by what he did um, on the field, so I'm pretty sure she's she's proud of what he's doing. It's just the beginning, you know. I mean, you're living out your dream, you're living out my dream, and it's been fun to share it with you. Great story about a guy that's become a great player for you. Yeah, and, and uh, what, you know, just, how can you not love these kids, you know? And, and uh, I'm just lucky to be around them and to have him be able to think about his family while he plays. Uh, to honor his mom. I get to coach the best kids. And um, so it makes my life a lot better. And man, Mason's got a lot of football ahead of him, but he's got so much potential and uh, how many people he's gonna make feel, just feel his love and his influence. So I'm, I'm really proud of him. That was excellent. Well, in the uh, word association game, the city of Spokane means Gonzaga basketball to most, but uh, there's more to Spokane than hoops. In fact, two BYU offensive linemen have come out of the Inland Empire, the Barrington brothers, and we have the elder of the two with us tonight. Please welcome into Studio A, Clark Barrington. Good to see you. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for coming. Of course. <clears throat> All right, let's hit Spokane first up. Yeah. How long did you live there, or have you lived there? So I've lived there my whole life, born and raised in, in Spokane. So. And uh, I get a sense of it. How big is Gonzaga basketball in that town? It's pretty big. It's it's the only thing we got over there. So <laughs> we got to we got to cheer cheer loud for them. But so as someone growing up, were you a multi-sport player? Were you playing all kinds of things, including basketball? Yeah. So um, you know, both my parents were college athletes. Mom played basketball. Dad played baseball. So they pushed those sports on us all growing up. And so I played baseball all the way through middle school, but then it was just too boring of a sport for me. And so, <laughs> so I told my dad I couldn't keep playing that. And then I played basketball and football through high school and then football continued. When continued did you decide again. that football was going to be the sport for you? Um, probably sophomore year of high school. You know, that's kind of when I hit my growth spurt. Um, and started being bigger and stronger than some of the other kids out there on the field. And, and then I realized, you know, th this, this, is, this is for me. So. You mentioned your mom and dad were Division One athletes, and it was at Arizona, right? Yeah, they did play at Arizona. So you opened with Arizona. Yep. And uh, uh, certainly the, your folks <coughs> love you dearly. Yeah. Uh, were they torn at all between who they wanted to win that game? No. no <laughs> they, uh, they've kind of left U of A in the past and, and, and are Cougar fans now, so... That's great. And now I'll go back to back Gonzaga for a second. Growing up in Spokane with so much Gonzaga hoops, did you become a fan of, of the Zags and, and, and Gonzaga basketball? Of course, yeah. I was a big fan of Gonzaga basketball. Okay, then when it came time to commit to BYU and be a Cougar, and then the Cougars and Zags are playing, are, yeah. you, are you at all torn? Um, not anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Cougar fan nowadays, so. 
And, you know, occasionally BYU wins those games. Yep, yep. You know? and, and they play them as well as anybody, basically. For so, sure. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Kalani, when did you first remember hearing about either Clark or the Barrington brothers? Because we'll get to the brother here in a second, too. Yeah, I just knew that there's some, there's some big-time athletes up in Spokane area. And uh, <laughs> I remember going to their home and visiting them. And it's like, you, know, you look at the pedigree of, of his DNA. It's, his mom's a great basketball player for Arizona. Dad played baseball at Arizona. And then you see these monster kids come walking in. I mean, they're, they're whole, all the siblings are they're athletes, you know. And, and um, I mean, Clark's been around for a while, but, but Campbell's going to be a great player here too. And, and um, I, I just wish they would have had 10 sons. That would have been nice for us. But, <laughs> but the thing about, about him is he's, he's a perfect example of what we want as a BYU football player. Uh, he's intense and he's, he, I mean, he's, you can see him, he's smiling, he's all happy. But he has this switch that he can turn on real quick in between the whistles and then he becomes a very nasty guy and <laughs> and he's got the mustache to prove it <laughs> brother campbell yeah you, how, how often uh, you're separated by how many years so 18 months so you're playing together yeah growing all, up then, all growing up he yeah. he grew at the same pace as i grew just 18 months younger so <laughs> shared clothes all growing up shared, shared a bedroom shared the same teams for most of the, our life and so he was right there with me all the way was any furniture or home or home furnishings anything damaged in your place growing up as as, as brothers, big brothers? Of course, yeah, yeah. Plenty of things got damaged. <laughs> yeah. How fun is it to be playing on the same O line with your brother at the Division One level here at BYU? Um, you know, it's a dream come true to be honest. You know, he's my best friend growing up, and and still my best friend today, and, and it's just been so much fun and being able to play with him again. So. How are you similar as players, and where do you differ maybe as as linemen? Um, I would say. Campbell, he uh, he doesn't talk as much as I do on the field, but he's just as aggressive and just as physical, and we'll we'll, we'll let you know that he's there. So, and he's gonna be a good one too, like like Kalani says, right? Yeah, he will be. Yeah, he will be. Uh, Kalani, you've got these guys for hopefully a little while longer uh, together. Mm -hmm. It could be kind of kind of a fun thing having two brothers playing on the O line for you. It's nice being able to know their family, and and um, and it, I mean we we love the legacy kids, and and uh, but. Having brothers on on the team is awesome. I, I played with my little brother here, TJ at BYU, and that's a lot of fun. And um, the Barringtons, they're just a lot bigger than than the Satakis <laughs> were, but, but they're they're. Uh, I mean, you can see the connection that they have with each other, love they have with each other, and then they're able to share it with their brothers in the O line and the rest of the team. So it's it's a really cool uh, connection that we have uh, as as a program, and I'm, I love watching it. And he's he, Clark's one of our best leaders and one of our best players, but. Just I love the way he, he demands a lot from his teammates, and he's, he's, he's a great leader. He's going to be, I mean, he makes tons of plays for us, and I don't think a lot of people understand how, how hard this guy works and the, ty the type of things that he does, the sacrifices he makes to allow guys like Tyler to, to make plays and Zach Wilson and others. So we're really thankful for him. Great team win to open the year in Vegas. How do you look at the O-line's performance in that game, and what do you hope to see happen from last Saturday to Saturday against Utah? For sure, it was a great, great team win, and we're we're blessed to to been able to have have that win. And and uh, you know, there's we did some great things, you know, but but there are a lot of things that, that we need to fix, you know, going from week one to week two. And, and so, you know, we're, we're focusing on those small and simple things, you know, making sure our techniques are right. And and um, you know, as we do so, then we'll continue to get better for for week two. Gonzaga, BYU is a pretty good basketball rivalry. You've already gotten a good sense of BYU and Utah on the football field, though, right? This is something special. Yes, sir. Have, have a good one this Saturday. Will do. All right, thanks a lot. That's Clark Barrington, folks. Clark Barrington with Appreciate us. Appreciate it. Thank you.
Garam Jordan goes up yeah. close and personal. You can have a seat. Oh, we're good? Yeah, you can stay right where you are. Uh, Jerem Jordan goes up close and personal with the BYU Sports personalities, you know. I'd like to get to know better. This week, it's Chad Lewis. Download the Deep Blue Audio podcast wherever you stream your podcast. And then you can break down Cougar football with Dave, Blaine, and David each week on After Further Review, 7 Eastern, on the BYU TV app Tuesday nights. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision. True or false, in the history of the BYU-Utah football rivalry, one side has never beaten the other 10 times in a row. The answer after this. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake <clears throat> and Clark Barrington. Presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Tonight's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection. True or false in the history of the BYU-Utah football rivalry, one side has never beaten the other ten times in a row? That's true. So it can't happen. Because it's never happened. <laughs> There we go. All right, game day schedule coming up this Saturday. It is BYU and Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 8-15, 10 Eastern on ESPN, with pregame coverage beginning two hours prior, two and a quarter hours at top of the hour, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. Postgame on both BYU TV and BYU Radio as well. All right, final thoughts on this week before we wrap things up with Kalani and Clark's here as well. Uh, the rivalry kind of speaks for itself, and uh, it's uh, been discussed at length at this show. Uh, but what's maybe the right way, Kalani, do you think that your guys should be uh, going through each day of practice and getting up each day to, to get ready for this game on Saturday? What's, what's the right approach, do you think? Well, it's the approach that I see these guys operate in, especially the last two years, uh, with, with a high intensity. Um, so, you know, the approach that we have going into this rivalry game is what they did last week. These guys know how to how to turn it up and get get excited about a game. And uh, I've haven't been around a team except for the last two years, last year and this year, this year's team where they really enjoy getting after it in the weight room and getting after it in, in, in practice. We had a great practice today. Did a lot of uh, we all O and D work together, and it was it was intense, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. Fifteen seconds for you, Clark. BYU Utah. What does it mean to you? You know, I think I'd just go with what Coach is saying. You know, we, we've been talking a lot about, you know, doing the small and simple things right. And, and through those small and simple things, great things come to pass. You know, and so that's that's what we're all about is doing those small things right and, and something great will come. All right, good luck to you both this weekend. Folks, thanks for being here. For Kalani and Clark, I'm Greg Grubel. We'll